Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 142. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of Lend at Fintech. Support for the Lend Academy podcast and the following message comes from Wonder Capital, the easiest way to invest in large-scale solar energy projects across the US. With Wonder, you can help finance renewable energy projects while earning up to 7.5% annually. To get started, visit wondercapital.com slash lendacademy. Wonder Capital, where impact investing meets capitalism. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Colin Walsh. He is the CEO and co-founder of Varo. Now, Varo is a fascinating company. They're basically, they've created a mobile-first bank account, and they're creating a banking experience really targeted at those people who want to use their mobile phones as their primary banking tool. And Colin's actually, he's not a lifelong entrepreneur. He's He's got a fascinating background. He's worked at some of the largest financial institutions on the planet. We talk a little bit about that. He's also really in a good position to address some of the shortcomings of some of the large banks. And then he's doing that directly with the Varo Money app. And yeah, we talk a little bit about that. We we talk about their banking charter application. They've put in a, a federal application with the OCC. We talk about how that's going. You know, we talk about who they're targeting, what kind of products they're they're offering today, and you know how they're able to offer their customers a better financial experience. We also talk about the lending product they have and the savings product and who they see as their competition today. It was a fascinating interview. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Colin. Thank you, Peter. It's a pleasure to be able to join you for this podcast. Okay, so I'd like to get these started by giving the listeners a little bit of background about yourself. You know, looking at your LinkedIn profile, you've had you've got a pretty interesting background working at some of the largest financial institutions on the planet. Can you give us a little bit of a little bit of history about yourself, what you did before Varo Money? Sure, I'd be happy to. So I uh, did spend 25 years at, as you say, some of the big financial services brands, including American Express, where I ran the consumer business in Europe. Prior to that, I was at Lloyd's Banking Group for a number of years, running um, various parts of the retail banking business at a very interesting time during the financial crisis, sort of before, during, and after the financial crisis. And then prior to that, I was at Wells Fargo for nine years in their home and consumer credit group. So do bring quite a bit of uh, experience in, in retail banking and financial services, which I feel is is very relevant to what I'm doing today with Borrow. Mm-hmm. And so what what did you have the entrepreneurial bug or what was it that sort of led you to, to start Varo? Yeah, I think that after spending so many years inside the traditional system, I felt in many ways uniquely qualified to understand some of the shortcomings, but also to see a white space emerging in terms of what this next generation of consumers wanted and what the incumbent players were offering. And it seemed to me that these complicated 
products sold through sales channels that costs a lot of money, particularly for people that have, you know, more volatile cash flows, you know, versus, you know, what was happening where people were benchmarking against Google and, you know, uh, Amazon and Facebook in terms of a digital experience that was mm-hmm. actually frictionless and provided uh, real easy access and and very low cost. And so things that, you know, there was a generation of consumers that just wanted to interact differently in terms, and also the, the way they were thinking about their money. Money is a scary topic for a lot of people. And, you know, the banks don't make it any less scary. And mm-hmm. uh, many people uh, feel like they don't have the tools and aren't provided with the guidance that they need to make good financial decisions and to get ahead. And so, you know, I, I started Borrow really with the belief that technology had evolved to a place that we could help customers solve everyday financial problems with just a few taps on the phone, provide more affordable access to financial products to a whole generation of consumers. And so it was really with that belief that, you know, we could improve people's financial lives that the company was started. Mm-hmm. And so then when you started, what you, know, you've, you, you go onto your website there and you see you can open up a, an account, a bank account. Mm-hmm. And so, what, so I guess what are, you, what are the services that you're focused on right now? Yeah. So to, in my belief, to really move the needle on someone's financial health, you really do have to offer a full range of banking services because you have to start with the basics, which is helping to manage and stabilize cash flow. And that really requires the core checking account. So you can see the money coming in, the money going out, help people manage their bills. And so that's the kind of foundation of borrow is that core checking sort of direct deposit account. Um, and then the next product that is very helpful, again, in terms of helping people to sort of improve their overall financial well-being is savings. And so having a savings account with a, with a relatively good interest rate, so it really incents people to put money aside, whether it's for an emergency or for helping them achieve specific goals. So the next product is, is savings. And then on top of that, we feel it's really important for people to have responsible access to credit when they need it. And that might be more on a short-term basis or to bridge cash flow needs if they have an unexpected expense, because it could be for good reasons. They might have to to buy an airline ticket to go see somebody, or they may have splurged out on the weekend, Um, or it could be for not so great things like, you know, you have a a debt bill or a medical bill or a car expense. But so sometimes you need credit just to sort of bridge yourself from Mm -hmm. point A to point B. And then also credit in the form of installment loans to help consolidate higher interest rate debt that people may have run up or to make a major purchase. And so we offer, so really the foundational banking products that we offer are the checking account, the interest-bearing savings account, a form of short-term sort of revolving credit and uh, installment loans. And those make up the kind of core of the banking products. And then in addition to that, we offer services like aggregation. So you can link all your accounts. So you can actually have a full financial picture. Uh, we offer a what we call the borrow forecast, which is using machine learning algorithms to be able to predict what your cash flow is going to look like at the end of the month. So after you've received your income and you've paid your bills, how much leftover money do you have? And that is really useful for our customers to just sort of calibrate how they're doing from a cash flow perspective. And we're now starting to introduce a series of sort of alerts and notifications to bring people into the app and then to have suggestions for them if they're going to run into a problem or if they're sitting on excess cash 
And so we're working very closely with our customers to develop this roadmap. Right, right. Okay. So I'm curious about how you're offering that because obviously, I mean, we're going to talk about your charter application in a little bit, but you, you, you're not a bank as of right now. Are you, I presume you must be partnering with, with a bank to offer like the, you know, a bank account and savings product. Is that correct? That, that is correct. So our business model today is we've partnered with the Bancor Bank. Uh, we've got a great relationship with them and they've really helped us uh, bring up our product relatively quickly. And it's all through the mobile device right now. Today it's on iOS. Uh, we're working on building an Android app as well. But it was that's through the bank core where any deposits, so the checking account and any savings deposits sit with the bank core bank. And then on the lending side, we actually can lend in 20 states in the U.S. So we mm-hmm. can cover over 70 percent of the U.S. adult population from a lending perspective. And those are through uh, state lending licenses. Okay. Okay. So you you don't you don't have an originating bank that you can that you're using. You're going through state by state on the lending side. We've done it. We've we've done all the heavy lifting ourselves. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> so you know, I, over the weekend, um, I actually downloaded your app and I opened up an account, and I was it was actually a very very easy process. Uh, but I'm curious about. What do you think is when you, you know you've worked at some of the big banks and you obviously have analyzed them in depth I'm sure before launching Varo what are what are they doing badly and how how are you you know making this process better So I think we follow kind of a playbook of classic disruption theory so it's about you know minimizing friction maximizing delight and delivering products at lower cost and so we're constantly looking at all, all those kind of first principles. So, you know, I think that you know, because we we're in a mobile platform, you know, we don't own branches. You know, we have a partnership on our ATM networks as opposed to having our own ATMs. We don't do expensive cash handling. We don't have legacy technology. We're able to offer our products at very low cost. So, if there's no fees, there's no minimum balance fees. There's no foreign transaction fees. You know, the only ATM fee you would incur is if you went to one of the ATMs outside of the partnership network we have, where there's 55,000 free ATMs and you can locate them all through geolocation in your app. And, you know, our 55,000 is bigger than uh, Bank of America, Chase and Wells Fargo combined. So it's a big ATM network. So it's, so, you know, so the first thing is, is how do you lower cost? And, and I think we've done a good job at that. And we were also able to offer a more attractive interest rate on our savings. And so I think that's really appealing to customers. The second thing is taking away friction. So finding all of those things that are just such nuisances that the banks, you know, through kind of their old technology where systems don't talk to each other or, uh, you know, just lots of bureaucracy. It's just real. It can be a real hassle to deal with one of the traditional banks. And as you probably saw opening up the account, it's really easy. And it's just, you know, you just kind of keep tapping and it takes you about three to five minutes. And the next thing you know, you've got a bank account. You didn't have to get in your car. You didn't have to drive to a branch. You didn't have to you know, present all your ID to somebody. And you know, it's like, you know, there are cases where somebody might get referred and we'll ask them to upload some information. But uh, for the most part, it's a pretty frictionless experience. And we continue to work with our customers to uh, find, you know, those pain points or how do we just keep making it easier? Like, so yesterday we introduced a new version of the app in the app store that just made the account tab really easy because it was getting to a point where people were having to scroll or to see all their accounts. And now we've created a much simpler design. And these are the types of things that we're using customer feedback 
to you know continually evolve and introduce new things. And then the next thing is just about how do we maximize the light. And so a, a, a big way we do that is just by listening to our customers. And so, for instance, you know we have you know we look at every app review. Every time there's an app review, I get in a notification telling me. And if it's a five star, I send the, the kudos out to the team. If it's a if it's a one star, we figure out how to solve the issue that the customer had and, and try to figure out you know, exactly what went wrong. But we take all that very seriously. We also do regular NPS surveys. So we hear what people are saying positively. We hear what people are saying negatively. And we take that feedback very seriously so we can continue to evolve. But I think the most important thing for us is um, something that we put in the app called Suggest a Feature, and it's in the Settings tab. And there are literally thousands of comments that our customers are saying, these are the things we want. And if somebody says they want something, everyone else can say whether they agree with that, they can give their point of view. And we read that like every, every day we're looking at what people are saying, and then we use that to prioritize. So, so in the fourth quarter, we had four things that customers, were, like hundreds of customers were asking for. They said, look, we want to deposit checks through the phone. And so, okay. Two, they wanted to deposit cash at like a Safeway or a Walgreens or CVS. Third, they said they didn't like our customer service hours. We just weren't open enough. Um, and they wanted us open on weekends and in the evenings. And then the fourth thing is if they were doing their salary direct deposit, they wanted to just have access to their paycheck a little bit earlier. So we implemented all of those things mm-hmm. in three months. Um, you know, at Annex or at Lloyd's or Wells Fargo, it would take three months just to get a meeting schedule. <laughs> you know, but we focused our engineering teams and, you know, we just executed. And that's kind of how we feel we're just going to continue to maximize the light is just listening and helping our customers feel like they're part of a community that's really building the bank of the future, that, you know, their ideas are not getting lost and that we want to be really responsive and keep keep incorporating these features. And, and so for those that, you know, downloaded the app, I don't know, back in June or July last year when we first launched it, it looks totally different and it's going to continue to evolve. But that's part of, I think, our point of differentiation and, and what's special about Laurel is that we're building this with with our customers. We really feel like we're creating a community of users whose voice is being listened to. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So then, so then, this community that you're talking about, I, I presume it skews to a younger crowd, being a being a mobile, you know, mobile only banking service. I mean, who are these customers? Yeah. So the majority, I'd say, over eighty eighty five percent of our customers really do fall into what would be kind of classic definition of millennial. So you know, ages 22 to 36, they tend to skew more towards sort of urban and suburban, you know, in, uh, cities and, and outside major cities. You know, these are people with uh, jobs and salaries. You know, there's some, there's an interesting population of people that do sort of gig work, like sort of Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, that find it really convenient to push money directly into their borrow account, you know, through Square Cash or PayPal or other, other methods like that. All right, okay. And so then are they are these people switching bank accounts? I mean, obviously they're probably not going to switch immediately, but is that what you're fi- are you finding Actually, that these are just quite adding? Actually, you are. Okay. Yeah, no, I think uh, a number of our customers have switched from their other banks and you know, I think they're just so fed up with you know, the services that have have or have not been provided by their old banks and they find this a delight to 
be able to have a bank that's listening to them and evolving quickly. And so really, you know, and I've said this right from the start where we, we created the company, is we want to be a real credible alternative to other banking choices that customers might have. Right, right. So then how are you finding these, these people? I mean, what sort, of, what sort of marketing are you doing? Yeah, we've done some marketing on, you know, more traditional, well, I guess traditional in the digital sense, you know, everything in our world is digital. But, you know, when you think about Facebook and Google AdWords and App Store discovery, we've worked a little bit with Snapchat. Uh, but we've also had a really healthy sort of uh, content program with a blog and our website and Instagram. And uh, we've seen our organic, what we call organic, so people that are not coming through a paid channel grow um, almost, I think it was 94% over the last few months. So it's almost 100% growth rate. So we're seeing just as more people are finding out about Varro and discovering Varro through, uh, through various media channels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when you, you, you've talked a bit about you know, providing a better experience, I mean, what, what sort of financial intelligence are you, are you giving your customers? You, you know, can you, like talking about the, you know, like the cash flow tool, is that, is that sort of core to what you're doing? And what are some of the other things that you're doing as far as helping yeah. your customers get a better handle on their finances? Well, I think that traditionally, when you think about financial health and, and the social impact, you know, there, there are lots of papers that are written. There's lots of content out there. And I think we're, we're my, the way I think about it is that we're trying to productize the impact we're trying to have in the world. So in other words, we're trying to eat the, our product itself helps people lower their costs. It helps people build their savings. It provides affordable access. So instead of trying to refer somebody off to a website to read, you know, a manual about how to improve your financial health, we're just creating that in the product itself. So it actually feels very natural and people feel much more in control, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. So then I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about your your charter application. I mean, why, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're partnering with a bank right now, but why, why go through the pain and the you know, the headaches and the challenges of dealing with the federal regulatory agencies. Um, why, why, why apply for a, a bank charter? Well, right from the start, we were very clear that we felt the best way to have an impact, you know, both here in the U.S. and potentially abroad someday, is to become a bank and, and to be within inside the regulatory regime where we're, you know, be able to collect deposits on our own and, and lend money. And so, you know, so that was always sort of the thesis right from the beginning. And I think that's why we were able to attract such a large invest, investment from some real top tier investors like Warburg Pincus and TPG, the Rise Fund. And, and so uh, you know, we, we started that process over a year ago. We uh, submitted an application last summer. You know, we're in active dialogue with the regulators, um, and and I would say I would I would characterize that as quite positive. I think they're you know they're very rigorous, which I would expect, and they have very high standards, which I would also expect. But I would say that's all kind of moving moving forward in the right direction, and you know so that I feel good about. And and I think that part of the, the reason why is um, it does simplify our business model. So as opposed to having you know deposits sitting with a 
you know, a sponsor bank and having lending through a series of state lending licenses. And in effect, you know, we have 21 regulators right now. <laughs> you can think about the 20 right. states and then in, indirectly the FDIC through the relationship with Bancor. So it does simplify things quite a bit. It also, you know, creates more stability in the model. So, you know, when you're using a relationship business model where you're collecting deposits through checking accounts and savings accounts, that's much stickier as you go through credit cycles and financial cycles. Um, so it just creates a much more stable long-term business model. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, and you, you wanted the, you're going for the full bank charter, right? You're not going for the industrial loan charter or, you know, you decided not to obviously wait for the fintech charter. You, it's a full bank charter, right? That is correct. Yeah. We, you know, it was actually, uh, in the fourth quarter of 2016 that we started the conversations with the OCC and, and we said to them, look, we're, you know, we're not interested in an ILC charter or a state charter. You know, we're not really interested in a FinTech charter because you know, we're collecting deposits, facilitating payments and making loans. And that's what national banks do. Right. And so we were very clear that we really wanted a full national bank charter. And, and you know, I, I, despite, you know, what everybody, you know, out there was saying, you know, they, they were very intrigued by that. And, and said, well, you know, the, the mobile, you know, first approach is very different, but the, the core products that you're planning to offer and the way you're approaching it is actually very much aligned with the traditional banking model. And so really that's been, that was the start of, you know, what's been a, been a very healthy dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my conversation with the OCC, and we've obviously, we've had them speak at Lendit, and we've had uh, mm-hmm. had several meetings with them myself, and you know, they, they want they, they, they want to embrace innovation, they, and they've got their um, their office of innovation now, and they and they want to do that. So it's 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 good to hear that. So far, anyway, your conversations have been positive. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to just switch gears to your personal loan product. Can you like? You start, it looks like you started offering it uh, about a year ago, early 2017. Can you just tell us a little bit about the like the, what the terms are in this product, like interest rates, loan, the length of the loan? Yeah, sure. Like- I mean, so, so the personal loan, uh, we started offering it in sort of the back end of 2017 as more on a pilot basis. So okay. we had a, our flexible line of credit that we did some testing on earlier last year. So, so really, it's relatively new. Okay. But the product itself is... It's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's three-year, five-year terms. You know, it's loan sizes up to about $25,000. The primary use cases, as I mentioned, are um, debt consolidation, high interest rate debt consolidation, and major purchases. You know, interest rates are, you know, as low as 8% and go up to, you know, I think, I don't know the max interest, but it's, it's like sub 20%. So it's not, we're not, we're doing very prime lending. We're not, we're not, you know, there's no sort of 36% APRs or anything like that. Right. You know, so it's a pretty standard product. And right now we're offering it to our DDA customers. So it's really positioned as a cross-sell product, but we offer it on a pre-screen basis. So if somebody's been approved, they'll get a, a loan offer in their account card. So if you, and what state are you in? I'm in Colorado. Colorado. So you you might you could check your now that you've signed up for a borrow account, you can check your account card and see whether or not you have a loan offer in there. So <laughs> we we can lend in Colorado, and if you've been pre-approved, so it depends on your credit. But if you've been pre-approved, um, you would then be able to apply in the app. It's really quite simple. You know, it's just you know we we will pull a credit report once you know, once you uh, initiate the application process and it's really clearly disclosed that we would be pulling the credit report. And then, um, you know, we 
oftentimes we'll probably request some documentation, you know, in terms of a pay stub to just verify your income. And then it's a really quick funding process and we can fund either into your borrowed DDA account or to another account if you prefer that. Okay. So this is... um you're obviously looking at. You've got a lot of intelligence on the um, on your customers because you, you you're seeing what their you know cash flow is like. So you're you're proactively doing that today. Is this is this a product that you want to roll out and you know eventually and really provide this to non you know to non customers? We wouldn't rule it out, but really the focus is around. The relationship with the customer, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, we start with the you know the core, what I call the DDA account, the checking account, and then you know we we really promote having customers open up a savings account, and then if they meet our credit criteria, then we would offer them loans, either a line of credit or or an installment loan, whatever made the most sense for them. So so you know our plans right now are not to necessarily offer loans to people who don't have a borrower relationship because it really is more of a, as I said, kind of in many respects, more of a traditional banking model. I mean, it's a model that survived the test of time for 2,000 years, uh, but I think over the last few decades, the banks have just gotten very inwardly focused. Our challenge is to, you know, how do we really rebuild that trusted relationship using modern technology? And and through that, you know, again, starting with that that core banking relationship. So our intent is to continue to to deepen those relationships with our with our core customers. Right. So I presume that you're you're funding these loans from your own balance sheet today. Is that correct? We are. We are. Okay. And then I eventually imagine you'll you'll have you know once you once you do get a banking license, you'll be able to fund it with your own deposits. I'm sure that's the that's the plan, that's, right? That's right. Okay. Over time, that would be. Right, right. Okay, so then I'm, I'm curious about you know, any tr- the, the, the traction you're getting. You're still pretty new, it's, it sounds like. What can you tell us, like, uh, you know, what any kind of metrics about, you know, how many people have opened up an account or whatever? Um, can you give us some sense yeah, of Yeah, I mean, I can give you a little bit of, I mean, it's growing very quickly. I mean, so we put it in the App Store, a very early version. I'd say, like, even pre-V1 <laughs> back in the middle of, of June. And we've been, uh, you know, iterating ever since. But you know, we've had we surpassed over a hundred thousand downloads last month. Um, those customers are rapidly moving through our pipeline, and we have tens of thousands of people using the product right now. You know, lending is grow, starting to grow. You know, much more rapidly now that we've got sort of a, a core DDA base in place. So you know, we're incredibly encouraged by uh, the traction that we're getting, and we feel that that's only going to continue to uh, to improve as. Uh, you know, as we roll out new features and we open up new marketing channels, we introduce an Android app. So we're, we're, we're quite bullish. Right. Okay. Okay. So then like when I, when I actually opened up the account and I'm looking at the different, you've got, you've got it, you have got some large banks that you're, that you're working with as far as linking. You don't have all the large banks. You didn't actually, you didn't unfortunately have my bank. Could, Who's your like, bank? U.S. Bank is, uh, is who I bank with. Oh, it should be on there. You, you should, should be able really? to link U.S. Bank. Huh, so we're using an aggregation service. Yeah, oh, yeah. So we have access to most, pretty much all the major banks and huh. a lot of the smaller ones as well. So, yeah, no, we, we're using a third-party aggregation service to be able to do those linkages. Okay, okay. Well, I'll most, have to go back most, and look. Most banks should, yeah, you should, you should check that out again. Right, right. Okay. So then when you're when looking at the, your sort of the landscape today, I mean, who who do you view as your competition? Is it the, the traditional banks? Is it some of the... 
you know, the other digital players that are offering similar type products? I mean, who, who are you looking at? Yeah, so I think that there's several distinct groups of players out there. So I think there's the traditional banks, which, you know, the Wells Fargo's of the Bank of America's and the Chase's, who, you know, keep scoring their own own goals, <laughs> you know, are very helpful to us. Um, you know, in terms of customers, they're very unloved at the moment. Right, right. And I think that's probably where we're going to pick up most of our customers is from people who just had it with, the, with these big banks. And then there's uh, a group of specialty banks, so uh, banks like Ally and um, Discover and Goldman Sachs that are all doing some really interesting things. I think they're a little bit different from us in that if you kind of go, go a little deeper into their business model, a lot of them are collecting deposits from one group of customers to fund loans to another group of customers. So it's not really a core relationship model as much as what we're doing, but, but they're doing some interesting, innovative things. I think that those are certainly, that's certainly a group of competitors that I keep a close eye on. And then you have other, you know, kind of neobanks or, you know, kind of sponsored bank-led um, fintech players like, you know, Chime and Aspiration. And, you know, Simple has now been bought by BBVA, but you know, Simple would be another example, you know, possibly Bank Mobile. And they're all doing really interesting, innovative things. And, you know, my feeling is I want them all to succeed because it's really just sort of helping consumers see that there are alternatives to the traditional banking model. So, so you know, there's, a, so there's that kind of group of players. And then there's more of the um, kind of model line lenders like the Prospers and Lending Clubs and SoFi's that, you know, and SoFi's sort of kind of, SoFi's does a lot of different things, but, you know, they're sort of now talking about transaction accounts as well. But, you know, I think that they have traditionally focused more on um, just the lending activities. And so, mm-hmm. so I think it's quite a broad playing field of players. I, I don't know that anyone is put it together as quite as comprehensive a product set on that, you know, sort of those fintech players as Varl has. And then once we, you know, if we're successful at getting the bank charter, then it really then puts us in a sort of different league in many respects. Right, right. Okay, so we're almost out of time, but one last question. I, I'm curious to get your vision here. I mean, are you are you trying to just become a major digital bank? Are you really do you see, do you see Varro as you know the Chase or Bank of America of the 21st century or something else? Yeah, I think it's more the latter. Yeah, I, I would see us trying to become. You know, my goal is to focus aggressively on how we have the social impact that we're trying to have in the world and improving financial health, improving people's financial lives with, you know, a kind of next generation banking experience. And so that's, that's my, my stated goal that, you know, I think we can really have an impact in the banking world, not just here in the U S but potentially abroad at some point as well. Okay. We'll have to leave it there. Well, best of luck. That, that that's lofty goals, but um, wish you all the best. <laughs> what <to> aim high. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> okay. Thanks so thank, thanks so much, Peter. Okay. Thanks, Colin. See ya. Okay. Bye now. Bye. You know, I think what Varro does is really give us a glimpse at where banking is going. I mean, I, I downloaded the app, as I said, it actually took me less than three minutes to open an account. And that to me was, was, was the first really impressive thing uh, about Varro. And I think they've, they've got a, they've got a great interface. Obviously, that's somewhat subjective, but they really are trying to take the complexity 
out of banking and make it simple, make it user friendly. And really, it's where it's where banks should be today. In fact, companies like Varo would have a much tougher time if the major banks had a much more customer centric, mobile centric uh, focus. And that, but they don't. So I think you know companies like Varo are really paving the way. You know, whether they could become the the chase of the twenty first century remains to be seen. But I personally am convinced that. There will be several large digital banks that will be you know, dominating when it comes to customer acquisition in the near term. And I think in 10 years' time, whereas banks, you know, the incumbent banks are not going to go out of business or be replaced anytime soon, they're, they're massive businesses. But I think we'll see some of the, whether it's Varo, whether it's somebody else, I think within 10 years' time, you'll see some of these digital mobile first you know, banking operations, they will have substantial scale. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening, and I'll catch you next time. Bye. This episode of the Lend Academy podcast was supported by Wonder Capital, the easiest way to invest in large-scale solar energy projects across the U.S. Experts at Bloomberg estimate that $2.8 trillion will be invested in solar energy by 2040. With Wonder Capital's solar investment platform, individuals can now take advantage of this economic opportunity. Visit wondercapital.com slash lendacademy to find out how you can begin investing in solar energy projects while earning up to 7.5% annually and also helping in the fight against climate change.